the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 14. The best way to stay up with what we're doing in the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. So welcome to another episode of the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. I'm here in the Guide Shack with Christopher Russell on a beautiful late May Saturday morning. Thank God for the wind or the bugs would be eating us alive. They're still eating us alive. The wind isn't helping too much, (laughs) I don't think. Well, it's probably helping a little. (laughs) Anyway, I'll take what I can get. Look like a plague victim. So we just wrapped up week six of our nine-week spring semester, and Christopher and I are just going to have a little discussion about certain aspects of the program, how things have been going, what we have to look forward to still. Um, So, and we're just bringing you guys along for the ride, because maybe you're interested, and if not, you're only one little click away from shutting (laughs) us off. But don't do that. But don't do that. We like having you here. And if you hear any funny sounds like liquid dripping, it's because we're consuming an obscene amount of coffee <laughs> as we go through this. That's the only way to get through this. <clears throat> awesome. So, yeah, we're, as I said, just finished week six. Um, into the into the thick of it at this point with bigger projects. We've yeah, got I'm one kidding. bigger expedition under our belt, um, and we'll talk about that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so what do you, you know, at this point in the course, I, I always like to ask people, you know, is it what you thought it would be? Does it, does, not not does it live up to your expectations, right. but kind of, it's hard to describe this experience yeah. in words. So, you know, when you saw this and, and decided to, that you wanted to come do it, yeah. you know, I'm sure you had ideas in your mind about what it would be like. Definitely. And I'm just curious, how, you know, how do the two line up, the, the, the ideas you had before you got here and, and after being here for a while? Um, it was strange. The first, the first couple of weeks... It definitely wasn't. Um, I, I'm sort of more inclined towards the uh, the academic side of stuff, so there was there wasn't a lot of that when we started. Um, as far as the not that there wasn't academic work, but just that there wasn't a lot of that kind of conversation happening around camp. Um, it was very very practical stuff because we just needed to know the basics. Um, <clears throat> and so once we uh, but then once we kind of all got that under our belts as a group, then it allowed for the part that I enjoyed to happen, which is, you know, the history of this kind of stuff, um, a lot of the philosophy that goes behind it. And it's, so yeah, so now it, where we are now, it's what I expected and what I wanted. Um, it just took a little work to get there, which is fine with me. Yeah, when we started, it was... Uh spring sometimes takes its time getting to Maine, so there is a lot of uh a lot of practical stuff in in the beginning just to make sure that guys can subsist on a daily basis right like if you can't if you're not sleeping well if you you know you're not able to to eat good enough food Mm -hmm. that's cooked properly life's really hard so it would have been tough if we i think if you just turned us loose it probably would have become lord of the flies out there in moose vegas pretty quick excellent I know I would. Next time we're gonna do next that. Next time, next time. That seems like that's a good. Gotta, you gotta, should you should do a weekend course like that where you just like turn people loose and then when they come back at the end of the day you just like okay what did you do wrong? If, if you title it the Lord of the Flies you probably get oh sued. yeah oh absolutely <laughs> Lord of the Black Flies there you go oh there you go I love I'm actually writing that down <laughs> okay, right perfect now. Lord of the Black Flies perfect. 
Lord of the <laughs> Black Flies. Should make that a weekend course. I definitely will. <laughs> At least as a subtitle. That's awesome. Yeah. Ah, this, yeah, this is already paying dividends. <laughs> talk this morning. Yeah, but it's been it's, it has been interesting getting into now where we're we know how to use the basic tools enough to um, you know start making bigger implements that we can use around camp. Like the buck saw was awesome. Um, so I, what he's referring to is we yeah. give guys a saw blade and then using their knife and the saw blade they make everything else needed to make yep. a functional saw mm -hmm. and and christopher's was the the best of the bunch was yours the only one that hasn't uh sprung yeah, apart hasn't sprung apart yet because I've been using it a bunch <laughs> we don't use any metal fastener so the whole thing is held together by tension and friction mm -hmm. so it's sort of like like a giant mouse trap it's waiting to go off <laughs> like i we say this and i'm gonna go out there and it's gonna i'm gonna take the rest of race mohawk off with the blade it's just gonna fly across his head and take it off uh, but it's a great exercise in in precision carving because the pieces have to just fit there have to yep. be enough has to be enough friction to hold everything together and you know it's uh, the two projects that i think of i think of the netting needle and the buck saw mm -hmm. frame as sort of the graduation exercises for right. carving and knife use because if you can pull both of those off without cutting yourself and with <laughs> thing holding together right then You've accomplished both super fine work with the netting needle, mm -hmm. and then with the buck saw, you know, getting things to just fit, right. and having an eye for how this is going to work. Absolutely. So I think, yeah, yeah when guys, you, after we accomplish those two things, then and people still have all their fingers attached, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't need to watch them as close to yeah, you. Yeah, I'm sure go. that is a good mark. That probably helps out a little, a lot. Um, and then the bows, people really seem to take off on those. I didn't particularly. It was a cool project, but I just. Didn't particularly get into it as much as I probably could have, but just, I don't know, just didn't have a lot of appeal to me, but a lot of the people out here have made some awesome ones. They've been flying across that field with them. Yeah, I guess, you know, when you're making stuff on a daily basis, sometimes it's hard to be excited about every mm -hmm. single thing, right? You just, we all have certain projects that we gravitate towards, right. and, uh, you know, it's, it's good to do them all because it gives you a broad base to, to mm -hmm. stand on with regards to making stuff. But, you know, you, you, I'd be lying if I said, even for me, like, I was ex as excited about all of them. You know, some, yeah. some of them jump out at you and some exactly. don't. Exactly. Well, it was interesting. Uh, I, think it, I think it was Rafe that I was talking to about it. But um, the projects that he and I are interested in are vastly different. Whereas I tend towards ones that are, um, <laughs> I know we said we weren't going to talk about Ishmael, but the Chalice and the Blade thing, the, the dichotomy between the... Um, a culture that makes things that are, uh, what do they call it? Leavers and the takers kind of thing. Yeah. We have almost to a T taken those two separate paths with the project that we've been interested in. And it's not a bad thing. It's just an interesting, it was just an interesting little thing that, you know, once you read that book, you notice it everywhere kind of stuff. But so did you, would you say that he is the yin to your yang? Oh, I absolutely would. <laughs> I absolutely would. No, it was, we were, uh, when we were walking through Walmart with his, 
uh, with his mohawk yesterday. We looked like a couple of <laughs> couple of barbarians getting ready to. Like I said, we should raid Ashland. Did We're, you bring your shield into Walmart? I should have brought my shield into Walmart. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been. If good. he had his bow and you had your shield, yeah, it would have been a scene out of some really the weird. We're gonna have to show. stage that picture at some point. I think that'll have to happen. I'm sure he'll be on board. He could return to the quick stop too as the conquering hero. Uh, I don't want to take him back to Ashland if I don't, <laughs> if I don't have to. <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, no, it's been it's been really interesting watching what people people take an interest in around here. Yeah, and it, it and you know ultimately this is a somewhat of a survey course, and mm-hmm. that there's a lot of various things thrown at you. Obviously, we could spend we could spend nine weeks making bows, and you know really get into the yeah into the meat of it. But I think the way that the course is laid out is let's do a whole bunch of varied different things. Yeah. And then, and you see kind of what you're interested in. It's a, it's, it is kind of, you know, I heard you, t- I hear you talk a lot about um, projects that get started and then kind of get left around. And it's kind of amazing to me the way that uh, we don't really have projects that are long and ongoing. We do them, like you said, like there's a survey thing where you do a little version of it. And I think that that, that I, that's really good because otherwise I think you'd have sort of a tribalism in the students where everybody, as soon as they were free, were split off doing separate things and then we'd probably start a war. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, it's good to, uh, because, you know, because the, the title of the course isn't a treaties on bow making. Right. So, I mean, we make bows, but I always figure... How long, there's going to be certain people, to use bows as an example, or canoe paddles, Mm -hmm. or whatever, but there's going to be certain people that really love that specific project, and some people who could care less either way, and maybe some people who really don't like it. So how do you... How do you feed the need of the people who are just clamoring for more with that right. and also not make it long enough where the people who aren't into that don't get burnt out and, and kind of miserable? So. Yeah, and I mean, and the same thing could be said about the, uh, you know, the projects and to me sometimes it feels like busy work. Not, not that I don't like doing it, but it feels like it's something to have us doing or something to do when you have downtime versus if I have downtime, I'm in the library. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting to watch what different people need things to do. You know, some of them were talking about wanting to get a project started last night, so they had something to do over the weekend. Yeah. Where I was ready to be done with whatever we were doing, so I could be in the library all weekend. And therein lies the instructor's dilemma. Exactly. Right? How do you keep everybody happy? <laughs> that's not, it's, uh, yeah, that's the hard part of this job is keeping people organized, sorted out, and engaged. Yeah, well, your first mistake is telling everyone to bring an axe, I think. <laughs> if, you're, if you're having trouble keeping everybody happy, maybe leave that one off the gear list. Maybe. Uh, but no, that's a good point, no. right? Is that you yeah. never know, as, as a guide or an instructor, you never know who's showing up. <laughs> and you get the full spectrum from guys who are super, in, super interested in the cerebral academic side mm-hmm. of things, and then guys who, I mean, we've had people here who I'm pretty sure couldn't read. So the whole, the whole, yeah. you, know, you know, 18 years, a lot of different people. Oh, I can here, imagine. I can only imagine. So, you know, the, <laughs> it, it, it poses significant challenges at times, but it's yeah. never been bad, right? Like right. There's, there's enough stuff here to keep people going for, I always figure in a perfect world, this could be a two year course where yeah. people would show up and you'd be at it for two years. We'd go into things a little bit deeper than we do, but uh, you know, nine weeks is a great introduction. It's a great survey. And then 
I always figure that the people who are really into it and super motivated, like they'll come back. They'll come back as teaching assistants or yeah, you know, other things. Absolutely, and, and, that would be awesome. But it's uh, and I've I've had people you know upset in the past because you know when you're looking at it from the outside, nine weeks seems like a really long time when you're at it twenty four seven. But you know, at the end of nine weeks, you realize, man, we just scratched the surface on or yeah. barely scratched the surface, and that's the it's the dilemma of trying to cram. You know, essentially, what would be maybe the first ten years of school to somebody mm-hmm. in a hunter gatherer civilization yeah. into nine weeks, and it, it can't. You know, it really no, can't oh, be done. It's it's crazy. We it's... give it the best shot, but you know, in a in a perfect world, it's a two year course. Yeah, I, when you make that one, let me know. I'll be here. Well, it's ongoing. So uh, that's true. That's true. I know I'll be back at some point. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about, we just got back from a, about a 60 mile canoe trip. We do it every year where we go put in at the top of the, top of the flush, if you will, the headwaters of the Aroostook drainage. Lake, right? Yep. Chase Lake and come down through Monsungan Lake, Monsungan stream, and then down the Aroostook right back to camp. And that's one of the, my favorite things in the world about the location of the field school is that we have these amazing trips that yeah. in the north main woods that end here you know we're right across the street from the north main woods and it's just upstream and that i, I love that about here yeah it was awesome it was a great experience it was the canoeing is the part that just being out on the water for me has always been the appeal of anything that i do so getting to do that um even sort of the i re- after doing it i kind of realized that sleeping under the canoe is sort of a romantic thing but not really any better than just using a tarp but there was something awesome about spending what essentially amounted to a week in the canoe almost every day and then flipping it upside down and sleeping under it and being ready to do it the next day that yeah. was awesome and when he says almost every day we had a couple <laughs> of days of really nice weather and then one day we woke up and it was about 40 degrees and it poured rain like two all and a half day. inches of rain all day, all day. And we figured, hey, we're in the clear now. The rain stopped. And then we woke up the next morning, and it was a whiteout. It was snowing like crazy. Was, so we yeah. didn't canoe either of those two days. No, but I'm glad that it happened. It was, uh, I think it would have, I think if it hadn't happened, I would have chalked it up as a fun experience rather than having, not that we weren't learning things along the way, but it would have, it would have almost felt like a break before the next break that we got because all we were doing was canoeing, which to me is the most fun thing we've done so far up here. So our last day, you know, we ran into some issues with, uh, <laughs> we have a guy here who's severely addicted to Mountain Dew. I've never seen him drink anything besides Mountain Dew. And when he ran out of Mountain Dew, you know, and cigarettes if for you, the double you whammy. See, you should see him drink coffee at some point because the amount of sugar he puts in the coffee makes me worried. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something, man. So, so this individual ran out of cigarettes and Mountain Dew and it was, you know, it was like waiting for Mount Vesuvius to erupt. Like you could see the steam coming out and Mm -hmm. we were just waiting for the magma to shoot up into the sky. Well, what was fun was like trying to mitigate, mitigate everybody's, because, you know, um, we had one person who uh, uses dip and he ran out pretty early on. So we were mitigating that with him. Every one time I smoked my pipe, he'd walk over and take a little bit of that. And then we were trying to mitigate the other person's with more pipe tobacco. And it just got, it was, but you could see it wasn't going to last the whole time. And then when we got to the last day and the promise of the land of cigarettes and honey in the distance. Uh, <laughs> the guide's dilemma, managing exactly. personal addictions. It just, I love it. <laughs> it just, it was pretty hard to get him to stop. 
So yeah, we woke up the after being stuck in camp for for two days. One day because we were there doing uh, polling training mm-hmm. up and down in 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 class one and two rapids yeah. to have guys learn the drill. And then we were stuck there weather bound for two days. So then, as a result of all that rain, the river came way up. So we had an yeah. epically long like thirty eight mile paddle mm-hmm. back to. Uh, and it went back, back to quick. camp. We were moving. Yeah, we were paddling. I think it was 10 hours. I think yeah. we were on the water. Was it really? Because we got yeah, back at about sense. 6. Yeah. And we started at 8. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a 10-hour, 35-mile paddle. Yeah. Um, and everybody was exhausted oh, at yeah. the end of that. Wiped. But, but it's still, it's good to have those days every now and again. Just yeah. to push yourself to where things start to hurt. You know, the... Oh, it, it didn't start <laughs> to hurt. It was... It was, everybody was pretty, uh, everybody was hurting, I think. And then the, next, the best part was the next day, watching everybody walk around like the Tin Man, <laughs> just not being able to bend at any juncture. Yeah, yeah. but uh, a great trip nonetheless. Yeah. The only downside, the water was still a little bit too cold. The trout weren't super active, so we didn't get into a lot of fish, but but we're just hitting that sweet spot temperature-wise yeah. now where the water's warming up. And, um, That'll be good. Excited about that. So yeah, the canoe trip was great. Um uh yeah yeah and then the last thing was uh just kind of your point of view on how we have we as a group have progressed good and bad since the start of this course you know we all kind of came in here with some experience and you know in certain things and then that all kind of has to come together and get dispersed before we can move forward with it so i'm curious as to what you see in us as a group over the last six weeks um we talked about the stages of group dynamics mm-hmm. the sort of forming storming norming uh things and and right. we're definitely in the performing stage now where everybody knows everybody else you know we're at the point where when we have something to do we just get right to it there's not a lot of hemming and hawing right. and and you know we're beyond the point where people are like overly uh uh well, gracious would be the word where everybody's just like super polite on their best behavior. And this is the fun part of the course because everybody, everybody's real at this point. Yeah, you know? oh, that is true. <laughs> nobody's putting on airs. Um, no. But as far as, you know, where we're at, everybody, I think, has come along. Everybody's yeah. come a long way so far. I mean, you know, you remember back to day one on the lake and, you know, guys are like, I don't know if I should stand in the canoe. And then flash forward a week and a half or two weeks later, and guys are standing, you know, up upstream and down pulling class two yeah. rapids. And you just think it it's often not really visible to the people on the course because mm-hmm. everybody's progressing at a similar rate. Right. So, but if you, if you met yourself from 10 weeks ago mm-hmm. now and you guys hung out for an afternoon, your 10 weeks ago self would be like, damn. Like, look at all the stuff this guy's doing. Well, if I know me, he'd drown me because I'm clearly an <laughs> imposter from the future and I don't need to be there. Uh, but but, <laughs> but no, it, that's, yeah, it's, that's a, a really valid point. Especially with standing in the canoe thing. I've got an uncle who loves this stuff. Like, when I get back, he and I are going to be going out all the time doing this kind of thing. And that is something he always said was, you know, don't stand in the canoe. So my goal is to get back and try to teach him how to pole in the swamps of Maryland. Um He's also like six foot eight, so I'm hoping he just falls over just from sheer sheer inertia. Make sure the canoe that he's in is like nine feet long. Or yeah, something exactly, like exactly. It's really, tippy. the shortest thing I can find. You for be him. in a, tw- a make him stand 20- in a kayak. Yeah, you be in a stable twenty footer and put him in a whitewater kayak. <laughs> yeah, oh, it'd be great. It'd be <laughs> hilarious. 
it, it's interesting to note the uh, uh, the idea of the the two journeys that people are on, right? I mean, essentially, we get a lot of people here, and you know, it's it's the classic hero's journey of uh, the classic kind of anthropological rite of passage, where people will leave the main group of society and go mm-hmm. somewhere and have this experience, adventure, event that is this course. Yeah. At the end of which they would return back with the elixir or whatever, you Soma. know, the, yeah, Soma yeah. or, but just that classic hero's journey, and and it's always two journeys, right? There's always the the inner journey and the outer journey. So the outer journey here for students is how do I get better at using an axe? How do I get better at pulling a canoe? How do I, you know, all these sort of tangible skills right. that they're working on. And I, I always bristle a bit at the word skill because I think if you do it every day, it's culture. It's not a skill, huh. right? Because skill like is that. like kind of one off. Yeah. How do you do this? But if you live the lifestyle, totally. it's more of a, it's the culture that you're yeah, in. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, but in addition to that, sort of the hard skills and, and is the, uh, you know, the inner journey of people testing themselves, absolutely. seeing, you know, like that long day on the river, you know, guys want to see when you peel away the outer layers of the onion, what's in the middle? Or, or yeah. how, you know, what do you have at the bottom so of the tank? Do, exactly. exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I agree entirely. I've been reading one of the books in there about um, soloing. And it's just all the essays from, you know, people that have guided, you know, stuff, uh, you know, companies that do that kind of thing. And it is, they do talk a lot about that, about we don't really have that in our culture, that are that rite of passage and how, you know, and some of the people here are, are people that most of our society would consider, uh, you know, full-grown adults. I think most of us are, except for maybe me and Nick. But but it is. It's a. It's it's fascinating to watch. No matter what age you are, people go through that kind of, like you said, like the, I don't want to call it a vision quest, but that kind of thing that you go out to do something that makes you uncomfortable, and then doing that come back comfortable in the world that you inhabit every day and that's awesome i've been really fascinated by watching that experience happen around here yeah that just that whole it's the whole inner journey yeah and it's a huge part of what goes on here but it's not overtly part of right. what goes on here make us pass the talking stick no it's not i mean that would actually be fun at, with this group at the, at, we're gonna do it at the end of the course uh, yes just to see adam melt down <laughs> <laughs> uh wait wait till we've cracked into the wine and then do it but just the whole idea of, uh, you know, the whole idea of, of, on the one hand, you could sum it up pretty succinctly with people building confidence in mm-hmm. their in their skill level and confidence and, and comfortable, comfortableness. That's, I can't believe I went to school for all those years and I just said comfortableness. A level of comfort <laughs> with this. I don't know. I think we should, start, we should start implementing the word comfortableness around here and see how long <laughs> it takes for people to start using it. I, was, I bet you it'd take like a day. I, the other night, I was, I was talking to somebody and they were mentioning uh, mindfulness. And so I, I uh, came up with two terms that at night I like to practice sleepfulness. <laughs> and during the day, sometimes I'll practice wakefulness. Uh, it's like with the first day, the first day on uh, the first day on Minsungan, Minsungan Lake campsite, the first one, uh, where Paul, it took Paul and I five minutes to figure out that canoe wasn't spelled with an A at the beginning, like that it wasn't C A. What? I'm doing it to myself again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is exactly what happened. Canoe is spelled C-A-N-O-E. Then what were we spelling? We I think we were spelling it with an O. Man, I don't even know what we were Konu? doing. Konu? Konu, yeah. We were spelling Konu, and it just uh, took us about 10 minutes to figure out what was wrong. Excellent. Because we didn't have anything to write it down on. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Well, that's bad. 
It was also right after Paul lost his marble, so that may have had something to do with it. Uh, well, uh, theoretically, but you know, in reality, I think that was like 15 years I've ago. Tr- I tried to buy him a pack of marbles at Walmart while we were in town. I couldn't find him. That's great. Um, yeah, yeah but that, just that whole idea of the two journeys, right? Yeah. And everybody's on it. Everybody's on their own hero's journey. And on the one hand, it's the outward journey. You know, right. for example, if, you, if there's a great book called The Writer's Journey, and it's Joseph Campbell's Heroes with a Thousand Faces, yeah. as told through the, uh, the, the lens of Hollywood movies. And they, you know, they use mm. Star Wars a lot. So, they, you know, they, the hero's journey with Luke Skywalker was he had to go and you know, go find all those guys and stuff. But his inner journey was how is he going to, you know, become a better Jedi right. or whatever. Well, I mean, and just imagine if his uncle had just let him go pick up those power converters. Yeah. It had never happened. And my kids are <laughs> totally into Star Wars, which is ironic. Because right. it's like 30 years later. Yeah. But, uh, so that's used, I'm grossly familiar with those metaphors. I, I actually detest Star Wars because as a kid my grandfather was so into it that I watched it like every weekend when I was with them nice. and now I just hate it just I'm not a huge fan I of it I can't deal with it at all but it's a good I mean it's an easy reference exactly everybody it's, knows it exactly know? if you read the original Campbell uh, mm-hmm. Here with a Thousand Faces it's a lot of these obscure Greek myths yeah. and whatnot that yep. one out of a hundred modern people would be like oh I, I know that reference yep. but, but if you throw Luke Skywalker around people get it I'm gonna have to read both of those I wish the whole Star Wars thing would have been way better to me if they didn't have like cool Hollywood names, you know, like Luke Skywalker. Does he have to have that name? Jim Bob Fletcher. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, that's to be fair. That is a more likely name for somebody that works on a farm on yeah. a desert planet. Yeah, I like it. Why didn't you write Star Wars, Tim? I don't know. Or my biggest <laughs> one, Indiana Jones, like. Think of if the first name is the name of a state and the last name is like a regular last name. It could have been so... I always liked it if he would have been Rhode Island Finkelstein. <laughs> <laughs> or like... That sounds like he'd have a very different... He'd probably be an accountant. Delaware Moish. Something like that. I don't Delaware know. Delaware Moish sounds like a disease. It's one of those yeah. campfire discussions. Like, what's the least cool sounding first name as a state, last name as a regular last name? And I always like to challenge people with that. And then, <laughs> And then write it up and send it to those Hollywood writers. And, you know, they haven't taken any of my advice thus far. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That should be, that should go, that should go along with the, uh, with the talking stick at the end. Is everybody gets, everybody gets a name from whatever state they are. I like it. And then their last Ooh, name. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That's a great idea. That's two great ideas today. The Lord of the Blackflies <laughs> and the state. State name talking. That's stick my name. quota for the week. I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> I think we're gonna have we're gonna have the singing stick though. The singing stick. Yeah, everybody has a talking stick. Everybody ah, has to the singing of, stick. Yeah, that'll certainly fit some people's skill around here for expressing things. We could have the rapping stick. Oh God, <laughs> I'm seeing a lot like a, a whole different, just a bunch of different sticks that we could have. And it's a beautiful vision. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Should be Dylan's uh, Dylan's effigy just oh, God. being passed around. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of all I had, I think. And we're what right at cool. half an hour. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. that sounds great. Uh, so yeah, three weeks to go. What yeah. uh, you know, as someone who's on the course, you know, heavily engaged in it. Any specific goals that you have for the for the next three weeks? Oh or? wow. Um, well, I've started thinking about the. Uh, 
our week nine. In week nine, we have that uh, project where we've got, you know, I think Paul said three days that's just totally devoted to something we're doing. And I, uh, you know, just because we talked about the canoe stuff, the canoe, I want to make a paddle that's a good paddle. I like mine, but it is, uh, I'm pretty sure I could bludgeon a moose to death with it. I need to so make... So you're saying it's multifunctional. It is multifunctional, <laughs> but, it, but, it's, but it's not good at any of them. Um, but yeah, so I want to go find a big... Paul said white ash. Go find a big white ash. and. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to drive about that's 70 or 80 miles to find Oh, is that what he said? Oh, well, that's what I said. Ah. I don't know what he said. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so find an ash or some kind that's big enough that I can drop it and pull a plank out of it and make a paddle all the way from tree to hopefully get to paddle with it by the end of the course. Cool. But other than that, um, not fall out of my hammock again. That'd be good. <laughs> I, I set the bar pretty low. I'm not, I'm not a real motivated guy most of the time. As long as I don't fall or break anything, I'm okay. That's uh, shoot for the stars, right? Exactly right. <laughs> my 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 problem is I've drawn the star on the ground, and that's the one I'm aiming at. Uh, the hammocks are so popular these days, and and what yeah. Christopher's referring to is we make nets or hammocks as part of the course. So these guys will carve a netting needle and and yeah. gauge, and then we'll make a net. Uh, slash hammock and the graduation exercise for that project is to spend a night in it. Um, so I like to tell the story about when I was in high school, I used to go backpacking in the White Mountains in New Hampshire a mm -hmm. lot. And I remember I had this little travel hammock that I got, and I think it was like $8. And I remember sleeping in it a whole bunch. And, and then one night, I remember I woke up and I looked up and I said, where are the stars? And like, why is the ground over my head? And then half a second <laughs> later, I smashed into the ground. And that was the last night I've ever spent in a hammock. Really? Yeah. Ever since then? I can, I can nap in them, but I haven't. And I'm, I need to get over that hump, right? I yeah. Because it's so popular now and everybody always asks me questions about hammocks. And I'm like... I'll just, I'll, the only thing I have to tell them is my stupid story from 1987. <laughs> so. As opposed to all the other regular stories you tell. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I like, the thing is I liked, I liked sleeping in the hammock. It was just the falling out that I didn't enjoy. I need to work on making that not happen. Yeah. Well, it's not falling out that hurts. It's actually hitting the ground. <laughs> the ground but the ground broke your fall, right? It, it did, aggressively. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's wrap it up then. Yeah. And, uh... And go out. There's lots of stuff to be done today, but uh, great chatting. Yeah, and you maybe as well. we'll do this again. Absolutely, we should definitely do a, f a final one. Awesome. At the end of the couple weeks. Cool. Well, thank you for listening. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.